Hello and welcome to the European Patients Podcast, representing the voice of patients in Europe. The podcast is brought to you by the European Patients Forum, the leading voice of patient organizations on the continent. My name is Borislava and I'm the Youth Strategy and Capacity Building Assistant at EBF and your host on today's pod. It is our 24th and final episode for season one, so get ready for a good one. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the most relevant and important issues and events surrounding patients in Europe. On today's episode, we're discussing the EPF Youth Group Sexual Health and Wellbeing Project. Uh, first, I would like to explain a few words about the EPF Youth Group in general. Uh, currently, it's made out of nine members coming from all over Europe and representing uh, different uh, disease areas and different chronic conditions. Their main aim is uh, to communicate the needs of young patients uh, to EPF and its members and to be the reference group for, for young patients uh, all over Europe. We're here today to find out why is it so important to talk about the sexual lives and well-being of young patients and what are their concerns. And to get the answers of all those questions, we've invited Cornelia Pauna and Bianca Tomoser, members of the EPF Youth Group, to join us. And uh, welcome, Cornelia. Welcome, Bianca. Thank you for joining me during your busy schedules. Hi, nice to having us. Hi, nice. Thanks. Uh, first question that I have for you girls is uh, why was this project necessary in the first place? Like, why was it so important to make a project like this for the young patient community? Well, the biggest reasons why we wanted to tackle this uh, sexual health and well-being subject uh, are uh, the taboos around sexual health and the lack of information. And I'd like to elaborate on that. Um, nowadays, you can literally see everywhere sex, yet very few information about sexual health. It's like people kind of expect you already know this information and point a finger at you. Um, if you don't uh, already know that and are interested to ask, ask about it. Um, it's a complete lack of communication on the subject between um, patient doctor, patient parents, patient partners. Uh, I, I mean, in my experience, nobody even opened the subject about sexual health. And I live with uh, multiple sclerosis, um, a disease affecting in general young people between 20 and 40 years old, so a period with where theoretically you're sexually active or you want to be, a, a period where you maybe want to start a family. Uh, and it's very important to know what it involves that. Uh, just, this is just to name a few. And Definitely. with this project, yeah, and with this project, we would like to make young people aware that it's not only normal to talk about these things, but it's actually very important to do it, you know. Um, I, I mean, young patients can experience sexual difficulties due to the disease itself or due to the treatment, which can induce side effects like, I don't know, lack of desire or depression. Um, and the thing is that uh, all these experiences may lead to body image and self-esteem issues and, of course, the communication problems that I was referring to a bit earlier. And the sad part is that um, sexual health be is being um, a taboo not only for patients, but for everybody. Some people believe that knowing more about sex means um, that you will have more sex and earlier than otherwise. And dear Lord, this, this is wrong in so many ways. 
I definitely agree, and thank you for for sharing that with us, uh, Cornelia. I, being a patient myself, I can also say that uh, the information that is out there is very biased, let's say, and there's not really that much information about uh, young patients and their sexual lives and well-being. And uh, I believe, Bianca, you have a personal example <laughs> that you would like to share with us. Yes, um, I have a really good personal example uh, for how lack of information can mislead us in this topic. Um, I was sexually active before I got my diagnosis. Uh, for you know, I have endometriosis. And of course, as a teenager, I talked about my experience with my friends. And after a while, I had the courage to ask them if they're having pain during sex or not. And all of my friends said that sex is not painful for them, uh, but it was for me, so I was totally confused. Um, the funny thing is that I thought for years that my friends are just lying or just too shy to admit that they are having pain as well. Uh, interestingly, even my doctor at the time had the advice to me just switch positions. So it's not going to be painful. Uh, later, when I got my diagnosis, it turned out that experiencing painful sex was just a symptom of my condition. And uh, I had a surgery and it just solved the problem. Wow. That's, uh, I think that sheds light on a lot of the issues that uh, we mentioned earlier. And it really emphasizes why it's so important for sex not to be a taboo topic anymore and for people in general, but also very much so young patients to be able to communicate with their friends, partners, healthcare professionals about these things openly, because even if you don't talk about it uh, at the end, you're never going to know and uh, you could continue your whole life thinking that, uh, as in your case, having pain during uh, sex is a normal thing. So kudos for the courage, <laughs> Bianca, and thank you so much for sharing that uh, that personal experience. And uh, another question that I have for you is uh, what's the idea behind the project and uh, what do you want to achieve with it exactly? Um, thankfully, we live in a time where thousands of people are working on to normalize the topic sex. That is why I think it is so important to start normalizing sex in young patients, like young patients are having sex as well. So thankfully, we live in a time where thousands of people working on normalizing the topic sex. That is why I think it's so important to start normalizing sex in young patients for our generation in parallel. So after a while, it would be easier to young patients to engage in a relationship which includes sex. Normalizing the sex topic related to young patients would be important in young uh, society in general, because believe it or not, um, young patients uh, are usually having non-patients partners uh, without any conditions, so education would be a key here. I definitely agree. And uh, thank you for sharing that with us, Bianca and uh, Cornelia. Would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, so um, basically the main idea of the project is to 
raise awareness around uh, sexual health. Um, we would like to encourage young patients with chronic condition to discuss in an open manner their sexual lives with their partners and healthcare providers. Um, we would like to make a step forward in making patients feel empowered to do it because you see, um, it's firstly our responsibility to find our needs and express them accordingly. Um, also, we would like to empower patients to ask when something doesn't feel right, because sometimes when you don't know whether it's a problem, you just take it as it is and live with it when you really shouldn't. Time is important, so why not making most of it? Absolutely. So uh, the EPF Youth Group did a survey uh, for young patients, targeting young patients from all over Europe. Uh, in which they asked young patients what are the key uh, topics that they would like to discuss uh, regarding their sexual lives and uh, well-being connected to their condition, of course, as well. Uh, they received more than 300 answers, which was amazing. And uh, following that survey, I think you have uh, quite a few interesting um, key insights to, to share with us. Uh, would you like to do that, uh, Cornelia? Yeah, uh, it was very interesting what we found out. So we had two um, group uh, target groups. Uh, we had patients and non-patients. And we noticed that uh, the top four things important for both groups are the same. And the most interesting part was that they were in the same order, meaning uh, mental health, body confidence and self-esteem issues, communication with your partner, uh, the effects of treatments on sexual functioning and taboos. Uh, speaking of mental health, well, having a chronic disease can plague with your mind in so many ways, which can make you question a lot of things and you can end up being frustrated or depressed. Um, the article we've released on sexual health, about which we will talk, I guess, in a bit, has a very good point, which is worth mentioning here. Uh, and that's that self-esteem starts in the mind, not in the mirror. This is just a sneak peek into the article. Um, also, the communication with your partners. Where um, our partners are not mind readers, really. They will not know what we are going through unless we make that clear for them, right? Um, I don't want to sound like I'm promoting too much the article, but man, it has so many inspirational things. I have to mention it again a bit. Um, in the article, there's another part uh, talking about how to build a positive body image uh, and communication is part of that. However, um, before that, I believe it's important to firstly start the communication with ourselves, find what we actually want and need or what are our showstoppers. That's a very, very good point. Um... And what about the rest of the top voted uh, points by the young patients? I believe it's effects on the condition and treatment and um, the side effects of medication and also uh, taboos. Uh, Bianca, would you like to shed some light for us on that? Yes, sure. So in the results, we got the general needs of young patients about the sex related topics. But there are some gray areas that uh, we should be mentioned relating to the topic, uh, like effects of treatments and taboos. Uh, these are like really difficult topics. Um, 
it is very important to know that sometimes treatments can affect young patients' sexual life. Speaking of surgery scars, general pains, and side effects of medication that can decrease uh, libido. There are a number of medicines that can affect libido, and these medicines can be related to any chronic conditions that we wouldn't think of. Sometimes uh, the chronic condition itself wouldn't affect the sexual life, but the medicine side effect would. I mean, have you ever think of a conversation with your partner where you have to discuss discuss if you should be better or the sex should be better? I mean, should you leave a certain medicine because its side effects changes your libido affecting your sex life or, or not? It's a really hard decision to make. These kind of topics uh, shouldn't be taboo. So young patients would feel safe to talk about it because we have to make hard decisions so many times in our lives. It would be nice if uh, our youth group work, raising awareness would make just this topic a little bit easier. Definitely. Thank you very much. And uh, how exactly do you want to do this uh, with the project? Uh, what what does it consist of? What do you want to achieve exactly? So Cornelia and uh, Bori already mentioned the survey, uh, which was the, uh, a must to have some data on our side. After the results, we have published an article written by a psychologist. The article is uh, related to our survey results and writes about the topics young patients and also non-patients would like to know more about, including body positivity, partner communication, chronic condition effects on sexual life, and so on. Uh, we will link the article below, so if you would like to read it, uh, you can access there. Thank you. And uh, anything else that we should expect from your side uh, with this project? Yes, in uh, the survey we also asked in what format they would like to receive the information about sexual health, meaning how will the information best reach them. And the first choice was YouTube. So um, we intend to gather useful information and put it into an intuitive, fun, but also comprehensive way and release the videos during the year of 2022. But I don't want to spoil the fun, so make sure you follow us and you'll see what we came up with. Great, I, I can't wait to see the videos. And uh, discussing all of these things and uh, having in mind that uh, the taboo is still very much there, unfortunately. What were the difficulties that you faced while working on this project? Since sex is still considered a taboo subject, as you, you were saying, um, we must make sure we don't cross any line. I mean, the subject is like walking on thin ice because it is very sensitive and we don't want to scare people away. However, we still want to make a point, a strong one, uh, which is we should talk more about sex. Um, we must balance our talk and not go too deep, maybe, like being too descriptive with the messages we are trying to share. Um, I guess it's really like in real life, um, 
Dallas is hard to find, but definitely something to strive for. Absolutely. And uh, I, I guess the whole being appropriate um, situation has been very hard for you, even even when sharing the information. Uh, I know Bianca has <laughs> a few points to share with us. About yes, that. I can relate to that. Because I think the biggest difficulty is that speaking about sex is not appropriate for, for some reason. Speaking about young patients having sex is just outraging. I mean, common belief is that people with chronic conditions should focus on getting better. Nothing else, just getting better. Well, sorry to hear this from me, but we have life too. And sex is uh, an important part of these lives of ours. So if we start normalizing different conditions in youth, almost all the misbeliefs would appear, disappear in uh, general. I like young people because they have so many questions and they are just so open and honest and they are just thirsty for knowledge. Please just have the trust in the youth and when you give them the bee talk, speak about the bees whose wings are a little bit broken and it's okay. Believe me, they would understand and these youth would grow up to an open-minded generation who would not be afraid from something different. And uh, also I would like to close with uh, one of my favorite movies called The Theory of Everything. Yes, this is the Stephen Hawking movie. And there is a scene where uh, Hawking and his friend out there celebrating or something, and the friend realized that Hawking is going to be a father or, or something like this, realizing that he has a sexual life. And with the honesty that you have in a friendship, and, and he asks, like, how? And Hawking just looks at him and says, different system. That's a, that's a very, very good point. Uh, thank you so much uh, for, for joining me, both of you, today. I think that uh, all the points you made were absolutely on on the spot and uh, we should definitely normalize talking about these things because I'm, I'm very certain that there has been people going on and continuing to live their life without even realizing that uh, it's something that they're experiencing during their sexual life is actually not normal. And it's really ridiculous to think that the only reason that is happening is that because we're lacking the courage, let's say, to talk about appropriate and inappropriate things. So I think you made a few very good points. Uh, everybody make sure, make sure to check out the article that uh, Cornelia and Bianca mentioned. It's uh, very interesting and has a lot of insights on the topics that we discussed. Thank you very much for joining me today, girls. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, thank you for the invitation. I'm very happy that Cornelia and Bianca could join me today and openly talk about this important issue for the young patient community and the exciting EPF Youth Group Sexual Health and Wellbeing Project. Make sure to follow the EPF Youth Group on social media channels and stay tuned for more content from them.
And uh, this is it for season one of the European Patients Podcast. Thank you to everyone who joined us today and has listened to our podcast throughout the entire year. It's been a learning curve, but a worthwhile experience in working to amplify the patient's voice in Europe. We are EPF, the leading voice of patient organizations in Europe with 77 members across the continent. We'll see you next season on the pod. Be well, stay safe and happy holidays.